Thank you for listening to a River Life Fellowship podcast. We're a church family in North Carolina with a vision for people to experience the grace of Jesus, be filled with the Father's love, and to release the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's this week's message from Mooresville. So today I would like to to share with you some things that uh, is in my testimony also and what God is doing in Poland with the connection with this, my own experience, my own, own uh, through, the, through life, you know, through many years of my being a Christian. I've been born again when at the age of 13 and really my ministry started at the age of 15. So it's over 50 years since I, since, since I, I am involved in the ministry for, for, for the Lord. And there is a lot of history, you know, that I, I would like to share because important for me is to, that you, you hear and you can pray also for, for us, for Poland, because of what God is doing and what I know God wants to do in, the, in, our, in our nation and not only in the nation, but through our nation, you know. So, so just, uh, just want to share some of those things. And I would like to, to read uh, with you the, uh, the scripture from Ephesians 4, verses 1 to, to 6 first at the beginning and it says uh, as a prisoner of for the lord then i urge you to live a life worth, worthy of the calling of you have received be completely humble and gentle be patient bearing with one another in love make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace there is one body and one spirit just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and the Father of all, who is over all and through all and in, in all. So the Paul in this scripture, he just uh, say this, I urge you or I admonish you even. This, verse, this, this, this word is very strong because it, it means really that uh, to, to urge or admonish means to bring someone uh, close, closer to his calling. It means that you use any means, comfort, admonishing, anything, just to bring someone to the, to the, to, to the calling, to our calling. So, and what is our calling? What is our main calling? When I read the scripture, I see very clearly that the main calling for every one of us is to become like Jesus. Is to become more like a Jesus and believe in this process of knowing Him and to, in order to become become more and more like Him. This is what we are we are called to. We all are called to. And then he he says in the scripture about two very important things that I see today for for us as a church as a God ecclesia to have really the touch with the with the world really to influence the, the world. And this is in this scripture there are two things and the. There are other places that Jesus is very clearly. This is the, what Jesus said, that, that the world will know us and know that Jesus was sent by God by love and by unity. And, you know, and this is here, he says, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. And what Jesus says in, in John ch- chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another and listen as I have loved you so you you also love one another by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another no I am no longer in the world but these are in the world and I come and come to you so so this this scripture says very clearly that you may love one another 
the same way I ask as I love you. So what do you, what you think when you think, we can, okay, can we do this just out of our own ability? No, it's not possible. What we need, we need supernatural ability. We need, we need this relationship with him that we can love like him. But this is the requirement. This is the commandment. We have to love like him. And, and then he says, but, but and, and also this, this, in order to really to love one another, we have to learn humility. We have to be, to be humble. And I, I will go to some testimonies in, the, in, the, in, the, in a moment about, about this, how God can, can lead us through humility to relationships that is beyond our, our imagination. And then, then this, the next verse, the second verse says, uh, third, sorry, third verse says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort. And, you know, this, 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 those verses, these verses are very, were very strategic for my life, for, my, for the history of my, of my walking with, with the Lord. Because if, if in this, this scripture, it says, make every effort to keep unity in the bond of love. And, you know, I was thinking, I was thinking uh, about it because, you know, when we think about unity, we usually think how we can build unity. So, and all pe- people, you know, the, in the denominations and the, all those big, big people, you know, in the, in the church, church uh, world, you know, they, they just discussing, they just try to compromise to find unity. Debate, deba- debating, to find unity. But, you know, I realize this. You cannot, you cannot find unity that Jesus says about this way. It's not by debating. So, and because we have a history of, we have a history of division from the very beginning, history of the division in the church, we have mentality of division. So we want to get from division to unity. And we ask this question, how we can be you, how can we, we united? How we can build unity? What we can do? I don't find any any scripture that would tell us to build unity, but here is very clearly. And Jesus says, says we. Jesus says in, in John we just read, the unity is something different. You have to keep unity. So the source of unity is not what we do. Is the source of unity is him. Source of unity. So we, we have to change our mentality and we have to start with unity and then keep this unity. So our responsibility is not to build unity. Our responsibility is to keep unity. And, and then the question, next question is who we are to, to, to keep unity with. So and the, 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 then we have to ask the question, what is the church? Because again, we think, when we think church, we think denominations, we think the organiza- church organizations, different organizations, and we, we think the church. So we have, to, we have to just answer this question, what is the church? Church is just a people. Church is a body. It's, we, we, we hear in this, this scripture very clearly, one body. One body. So the church is people, nothing else. And we need to, we really have to, to, to change this in our, our thinking. 
For example, we say we go to church. From this perspective, it's, it's completely nonsense. You, you are not go to church. That we, we all use this. I go to church. But when we say this, we think, okay, we go to a place. But we go for the church meeting, for example. Because if church is people, we come for the, for the church, church meeting. Another thing that is, if there is one, if, if scripture says this one body, so it means that Jesus has his body, his people, everywhere in all the world. He has in, in different, those different groups, denominations, different cultures, Christian cultures. I've heard this message. Uh, when I, I knew that I was going to speak about this, I just I looked to, this, uh, to your webpage and I found this script, uh, the, the message from Byron from, from August when he was talking about, about unity also. And he, he was saying about this, this variety of people, you different differences, but we can be united in other differences. So, but, but then only possible when we see, when we see there is, where is the source of this, of, of, of unity? That the source is Jesus. The source is Jesus. In Bible says we are all one in Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ. So, so this is... This is very important that we also see the church not from this local local perspective, but we have the, we have to see the church from the global perspective first. You understand? So everywhere there are God's people, everywhere there is a church, and it's not only this place. The church is everywhere where God's people are. So maybe the church also is in your home. The church is your home. There are people, God's people there. The church is there. And he, the church is, expresses itself in, in our homes and every place where we are. So this, is, this was something that, that I had to really process and think to, to find this and to, to change my, my, my uh, mentality. So we cannot build unity. We can, only, we can only keep unity with those they are born again those people, they confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So where is this, where is this uh, division coming? Where is this division coming so easily? You know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter, chapter 1, he says, Now I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, I am of Cephas, and I am of Christ. And then the next, the next statement this this the kind of this cry of Paul. I hear like he's crying. Is Jesus divided? So when I I was thinking about it, so so uh, what does it mean that if someone says I am of Paul, I am of Cephas, I am of, of Jesus even? So I always told the, those they are those the best one to think about themselves <laughs> because we are Christ. But 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 he asked. Is Jesus divided? Is Jesus divided? What is there? Why it happened? What happened that these people say? What does it mean that they say, I'm of Paul or I'm of Cephas, I'm of Apollos? I realize that the key thing is that the, our identity becomes somewhere else than only in Jesus. 
my name, my denomination, my background, my, my, my theolo theology, my doctrines become my identity. And so, in result, I am the Pentecostal. Of course, I'm Pentecostal, I'm the best. <laughs> I'm Baptist. Oh, I'm, I'm better than him because I value the word of God. I don't care so much for this, all those stuff, this so-called Holy Spirit. <laughs> you, you see those things, but identity, and I'm Pentecostal, I'm Baptist, I'm Catholic. And this is the, the, the place where division comes. Because our identity somewhere else has become more important than our identity in Christ. And you know, I live in the Catholic country. And in, in country, we, and we say that, the, I mean, this says in the in country, the Paul means Catholic. So we were always kind of despised by Catholics as non-Catholics. And because the identity of the Catholicism, this identity was so, so strong. But because God led me some years ago, led me to, the, to, to confront with this situation, over the years I had to change my, 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 my thinking. You know, back in 1975, uh, at that time, we, I was leading a music band, evangelistic music band, and we were going to different places. We were very open, generally, from the very beginning. I was very open to look around, not just to, to, to focus on my own group. So, and God used us to, to go to, the, to different places, go to the, to, to the con making concerts, evangelistic concerts, to the Baptists, to the Lutherans, and so and so and so, different, different places. And, and you know, because when I was a teenager, when at, at the age of 18, 15, I, I, was, I saw the, all those, those groups, denominations, and many also some, some tensions, some, some you know, problems between. And I came to the Lord, and I said, Lord, Help me understand what does it mean, why it is so, where is the truth, who, who is there, who is right, who is not right. And you know what God said? He said, remain, remain in my word and I will teach, I, I myself will teach you. So for me, the most important thing was to spend time with the scripture, spend time with, this was my passion. I could spend hours, hours studying Bible, learning the, by, by the scriptures by heart. And, and God started to reveal those, some, some of, the, of those things. And, and then in, in this situation I'm talking about, in 1995, we are, we, I am at the meeting with, with, with part of our team, at the meeting on the Catholics, Catholic parish, where there was, a, there was a prayer meeting for revival in Poland. 1975. First thing, it was shocking that on the, the Catholic ground there is a prayer going on for revival in Poland. <laughs> you, know, you, you know, so, and then at that time, for the first time, it came a revelation that came. I just understood that God is not only interested in individuals, He's interested in, interested in nations. So something dropped into my heart. And on this meeting, the the one of the priests, Catholic priests, he was the founder of the movement, a kind of renewal movement in, the, in Poland in those years called Oasis Movement or Life and Light, Light Movement. And this guy was very, very, very 
kind of progressive change. You know, he was, when, he, when you listen to him, when he, what he was preaching, you would not recognize if you don't know, didn't know that he is a Catholic. Very evangelical, very, very clear message. And he invites us, my, our band, he invites us next year to youth camp, to the youth camp, to preach the gospel, to sing and preach the gospel to the, to the people. It was completely, something completely new. At that time, as I, as I say today, there was very clear distinction. Catholics, for us, they are, they are pagans. We, for them, we are heretics. So this was, this was clear. And we also, we, we suffer from Catholics. You know, like in our meetings, at our meetings, church meetings, they will, they, the children will come and throw the, throw, uh, throw the stones to the, to the smashing our, our windows and so and so. So th this was not nice. And then in all this situation, he invites us to preach the gospel. So I, I was not, I didn't feel well about it. What I'm going to do this, all this stuff that I don't understand even, you know, all this, uh, you know, I don't know English, but you know, this, this, this stuff they, they doing, prayers that they, you know, you have to repeat just and so and so. So I said, Lord, what should we do when we go? But we agreed, we, should, we felt that we should go there. And, and the, 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 what, what, what Jesus said, what, what God said to, to me when I was praying, how we, how we can, can be there, what we can do. God said only one thing. You have to humble yourself before them. This was a big challenge. I mean, from this, my perspective. But we try to be humble. We try to serve these people. We didn't do anything except preaching the gospel. And God was doing amazing things. God was touching, touching people, young, those young people. They get saved, they would get saved, they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this was open for me, that, for us, for me, that door to, even today. Because in the, all the history, in the book that is, was written, different, different reports, they, were even, they, they talk about us, that we were not people that tried to pull them out from the, from the Catholic Church, but we were just preaching, we preached the gospel. So they, they could trust us, you know, in, in this. And over time, I kept some relationship with, with, with those, those Catholics, especially lay leaders. And we would meet, we would share things. And, you know, just give you one example. After some years, when we talk about those things that I'm talking to you today, I said, you know, I said to, to my friend, one of my friends, leader, very, very well-known leader, in Poland, lay leader in the Catholic Church. This guy, uh, we, we shared the, those things. I said, I, I would share with him about my, uh, where is our identity, the question, you know, and then, so, and he was going through changes. And one time, there was a conference with Randy Clark in Poland, and, and at the conference, we, we, we met together, and he just came to me, and we just started to talk, and he says, suddenly, suddenly, he says, you know what? I just see that if we Catholics, we, we, we don't uh, leave our Catholic identity, we, can go, we cannot go far. <laughs> you know, so at that time when I talked to him, it doesn't seem that he, he would understand anything what I'm saying, you know, what I was saying. You know. But then revelation came, and, the, and this guy was, became very, very progressive in the, in, the, in the kingdom thinking, you know, not church thinking, but the kingdom, kingdom thinking. So... So those years were passing, and I saw one thing. The another thing that on this camp we experienced, 
is that the desire of those leaders of this of this uh, of this movement were, was that people would get the Bible. They believed that if when people get the Bible, that things will change. And today, what I see God is doing, God is doing in Poland is a result of this that at that time they started to plant the, the desire for the for the word of God. These young people started to read and they encouraged them. You know, they, they even make some fun because we as, we were there at this camp as a Protestant group. So the question was how you recognize Protestant in this in this the, the camp and say because they always those they always take care of their Bible. <laughs> So, so the, we were recognized this way, and but the, for young people, it was you know kind of something something that uh, they attracted them, you know, say, s somehow. So anyway, today we have a big movement uh, of the charismatic movement within the Catholic Church, and when I am saying this, that I'm I'm so much involved now in in this in this in this movement there, and sometimes I think I have more now to do there than in my own groups. But uh, but the, the one thing is it was very important that we we cannot we, we don't think in the terms of organizations of systems, we think of terms of people. So you know, system is system, and I I I never say that I work with the Catholic Church, I'm working with people there, especially those there the the, the hungry hungry people. You know so. God opened doors wonderfully, you know, and we have, we have, and, and really there is a clear move of the, of the Holy Spirit uh, there. And uh, just to, to give you some, some, uh, some examples, uh, in just last July, in 8th of July, the one of the Catholic evangelists, young man, 31, I think 31 year old, he was able to gather 25,000 people just for six hours worship and prayer on the stadium. You know, and he invited all of us, Catholics, non-Catholics. And we were for six hours, only Jesus was lifted up. Only Jesus would worship, nothing else, nothing else. And one of the bishops stops, stands and says, listen, today... Is just it is the place where the Church of Jesus Christ is gathered. Is gathered. Church of Jesus Christ. Those kind of statements are very prophetic and they are very important. And I even ask you a question: Does he understand to the end what he is saying, or he is prophesying? <laughs> <laughs> but this is what what what, what happens. God is, God is moving. They are so hungry. I am involved in the movement. In the movement that uh, has like a, about twenty now twenty fellowships, these charismatic fellowships, and I have this this uh, grace also to to teach them and to mentor those leaders to to disciple them, and there are more and more more and more of them. You know that they they want they are hungry for God. They they read the scriptures. They, they read the Bible, they want to know. I have mo most of those meetings I have on Zoom with them because I live in the distance from them. But, but also when they gather together as a leadership, we are, we, I, I usually I am there to, to really to help them, to, to, to teach them. And they're so open, so, so hungry. Just in, the, in the last August, there was a camp 
for 700 people, those, those 700, those, those families, Catholic families get together. And uh, I, I, was, I was free completely to teach the same things that I, teach, I speak to you today, I can, I can teach to them. Because I say, I say to them, one day I had to realize that my identity is not in my background, it's my spiritual background. My identity is not in my Pentecostalism. My background is in Jesus. And I had to, I had to make this statement. I deny my Pentecostal heritage as my identity. I didn't, I didn't deny heritage. I value this heritage and I know that this is something that is for everybody, for all, all the body of Christ. But it's not my identity anymore. My identity is the son of Jesus, of God, son of God through Jesus Christ. This is my true and only identity now in this, in this respect. I, my, I belong, I don't belong here. I belong to the kingdom of God. This is my, this is my national identity. I, am, I belong to the kingdom of God. My citizenship is in heaven, the Bible says. And my social identity is the church of Jesus Christ. <laughs> so ch again, church of Jesus Christ are those that belong to Christ. Those they confess Jesus. And if they are Catholics, Baptists, or, you know, I have to admit, they confess Christ as their Lord, as their Savior. And they, from this, from naturally, they become my brothers and sisters. And even they think different. I have to, uh, the, my responsibility is to love them and to keep unity with them as much as possible from my side. You know, sometimes it's difficult not to, to do this because of the, those opinions, but the, the question is, where is your heart? Where is my heart? Is my heart is open for this? Is my, can I see bigger beyond my own group, my own, own way of thinking, my mentality? Am, am I able to, to go farther? And when you do this, I think situation will, is, is going to change because at the end times, and this is the requirement, the kingdom, the kingdom is something that will be preached and understood. And the kingdom is more than just our, our worlds, small worlds, our own kingdoms. The kingdom of God is over everything. And why it's so important that we understand the kingdom, that we have a revelation of the kingdom? Because the, first, we have to, we, understanding kingdom means understanding the lordship of Jesus Christ over our lives. And the second thing is, when I think about the kingdom, I think about the God's plan, this eternal plan and purpose that was founded before, even before the, the foundation of the world. And we have to be aware of this. We have to see this big, big plan. And then when we understand the kingdom, we are not people, they are just consumers of God's grace. But we are people that we understand our role in God's plan. So when we talk about, for example, holiness, when we talk, when, when, when I, 
I began to, to, to see this the kingdom and, and I prayed for the revelation of the kingdom because Jesus said that kingdom is the mystery. So the many things came, you know, that just changed in, 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 in my life. For example, holiness. When we talk about holiness, at least me, I was always thinking about being separated from the sin, from, 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 from the Satan, from the world system, and so and so. Always was the more I am separated, I cannot touch this, you know. But really, when you think about holiness from Bible perspective, and, and I can prove it, I can show you, but we don't have time, it's we are separated for something. And it's more important because once you know what you are, what is separated for, the separated from is much easier, because you see, you have motives, you know why, and being separated for the purposes of God, and to have this revelation of the purposes of God, all your energy, all you, you wants to be part of this, because He called you to He called you to be part of His plan. He wants to, to get you. He wants to have you because he decided that he will fulfill his plan with you and me and with his people, with his ecclesia. And this, the gospel of the kingdom will be spread all over, all over the world as a witness. And the Bible says, and then the end will come. So the, the, the gospel of the kingdom, I believe, is not only for those that are unbelievers. The gospel of the kingdom is for believers and unbelievers because it reveals the, this, this, this plan of God. And one of the, to, to those things that I'm talking today, one of the things is the nature of the kingdom. And the nature of the kingdom is unity. Because when Jesus says in, in John, in John uh, 17, that was quoted in August, it says, verse 11, Holy Father, keep true through your name, those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. And then, 20, verse 21, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I, give, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. You see, in this prayer, four times Jesus is saying about that they may be one as I and you are one. So it's not the, the unity is not a matter of negotiation. It's not a matter of na nature. And the, the unity is the king nature kingdom, kingdom nature. It's come from, from there. Unity is something origin that, that is organic. This is something that comes from, from, the, from the, our identity. We have a one Father. We have one God. We, have, we are sons of God. We are one. We are one. And our responsibility is to put, to keep, make every effort, every effort to keep unity. First, we have to, to have it in our mentality, in our mind, that we are one through Christ. And you know why it is, why it is so important? Because th those two things, love, love and unity, is, the, is, is those, the characteristic that the, Jesus says the world will know us and they will know that he was sent. So this is, this is, absolutely, this is absolutely crucial for us that we, 
that we, under, that we understand this, and not understand, but we live with this, with this change of our, our, uh, our mentality. And, and today, I am totally, I'm totally open, and I'm looking always, I'm looking for people that will say, I, I believe to Christ, I, I, I believe in Christ, I gave my life to Christ, and among these Catholics, there's a num growing number of people, they, they're just coming, they, they believe that they, have to, they need to be born again, spirit feels that they, they get the Holy Spirit. And then when you see the meetings they have now, if, if you just be there and you didn't know that they are Catholics, you will not recognize. Because Jesus is worshipped, Jesus is worshipped, the excitement, so much excitement, so much joy, flags, hands, you know, every, everything, everything, and... And they can stay, and they, they also they, they also the gifts of the spirit are manifested during those during those meetings, prophetic words, healings, healings, word of knowledge. This is this is for them. It's very easy. It's very easy. God is doing something in this in this area beyond our thinking. You know, we our world, our Christian world is so divided, but God is going beyond this. Beyond this, and He starts from from this big picture especially when I think about Poland now and Catholics. There was a prophetic word some years ago. They said that Poland is going to be an example for unity. And I go there when I heard this, yes, well, how it can happen? <laughs> how it can happen when I see all the divisions, you know, the nation, nation is divided because of politics, churches are divided, the conflicts and everything. How is possible? It's hard to, sometimes hard to believe it's such a, such a prophetic word. But then I see what, what God is doing from completely different, different place, from completely different perspective. He's he's uh, he's joined people together. He's joined people together, and also through those people, he's moving and changing, changing the nation. Last year in February, just another, in February there was a conference organized by by one of the Catholic bishops, born again, spirit filled guy. Uh, and and one of the lay leader of the of the one fellowship in in, in Poland, and they organized the conference and then in, they invited about 160 about 160 non-Catholics leaders pastors for this conference, and then uh, they invited those people. They were kicked out from the Catholic Church before in their fellowships, and they invited those they left themselves. They left Catholic Church. You know what was the purpose for the conference? They, they organized this to repent. To repent before us for the sins of the Catholic Church. In order to have... And it was real. It was, it was real repentance. Of course... You have to know that there is conflict within the system also, because the majority probably would not accept this. But, but they get, they were able to get a permission and kind of protection of the Pope, you know, of the Francis uh, Francis, so no one could stop it because because they had the kind of they have this this permission from him. So we had this conference. It was prof very prophetic conference, and from that time. As, I, as what I see, every meeting, bigger meetings there in Poland, 
they are mixed with the, the Catholics, non-Catholics and others together, standing together in the name of Jesus and for, and for the name of Jesus. And <laughs> in result of this, also after this conference, there, were, there was a group of about 30 of us, it was first trip because there were more, first trip that 30 of us, Catholics, non-Catholics, pastors, leaders, they were invited by, by the Pope to see him, to go and see him. So we, were, we went there and I just went to see the man, <laughs> see the man because I was interested. And, and he was, we spent two hours with him. So, so it was very, very, very strange because people, the workers, workers there say, who you are guys, that, that he, he spends 15 minutes with the bishops and ministers and he, say, he sits with you for two hours. But we were able to ask questions, and then at the end we were able to pray for him, lay hands on him, because he had the problems, problem with his, his knees. So it's, it's, all this is beyond my, my understanding, but I see what God is doing. And now we have more and more people, more groups, small, even small groups, those small fellowships that is growing, growing in the country. People are so hungry. People say, like a couple I met recently, the Catholic couple, they say, we, we just were saved, we, just, just, we are on the process of maturity, and we have around people that we have to serve them. So they need, they need, they need help. So this is what, uh, what's going on. I believe, I believe that those, those things that we are talking today, God wants to, to bring to, to, all the, to all the world. He wants to to, his, to all his people that we understand what is the church about, what is the unity about, where is the unique thing come from, because it changed everything. And in our, our attitude, we have to. So what does it mean even in our, our circle here? What does it mean in this, in this area for you to, to see the unity from God's perspective and to see the church from God's perspective? perspective. For me, it means that I am, they am also... I want to, to other groups that are here, I want to, to prosper. I want to prosper. I want, I want God to, to, to use them in a powerful way because we are one for his purpose, yeah. for his purpose. And I am ready. I am ready. I am open and ready to help any way that is necessary just that they may prosper. I am not afraid of my people. I am not afraid because it's nothing is mine. It's everything is his. Thank you for listening to a River Life Fellowship podcast. To get more information, check out riverlifefellowship.com.